Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Photographers Keeping It Real podcast. Just a quick couple of notes before we jump into the episode. Um, at the time of this going out, you've got just over a week to submit to the round one for 2023 for the Photographers Keeping It Real Awards. Um, obviously, if you're keen to get into that sort of top 10, top 20 list, uh, the more you enter, obviously, the better chance you're going to have. So this first round for the year is important. Um, so yeah, head over to uh, photographerskeepingitreal.com and you'll find out all the information about our judges, about the awards. Um, and if you've got any questions, just let me know. On this episode, we talked to the wonderful Neil Redfern, known in the industry for his flash work. Um, I want to talk to him more about his documentary stuff. I've seen some of Neil's full galleries. Um, I know his documentary work and it's fantastic. Um, so I want to, I mean, I was interested to talk to Neil because you know he shows a lot of his portraits, a lot of flash and wow images, a lot of staged stuff. Um, but his documentary work is very strong, so I wanted to delve in and, and really find out about how those two work well together. So we look at the importance of flash. We talk about using portraits to sell you, but then also talking to couples about documentary wedding photography, how to approach the subject, and um, you know some little points on there which I, I found really interesting. We look at Neil's journey into weddings second shooting and the importance of that and then the importance of learning and we talk about his education his workshops uh, things like his patron and how this year he's focusing more on you know shooting less weddings bringing more of that education in how he's balancing all of that um, and we also look at his newest venture which is flash masters um so yeah lots of interesting points uh, especially if you're considering maybe delving into education yourself um yeah, so some really useful points in there. We've also got the members only content at the end. So we're looking at, again, lead sources, marketing, business stuff um, for a little section in the end. So if you are a member, um, make sure you're listening to the full version because um, you'll get that little bit at the end. Now, let's get straight on to the episode. So on today's episode, we have the Flash Master himself, Neil Redfern, <laughs> UK wedding photographer, educator, YouTuber. I'd say you've got quite a lot of followers yeah, on I'll there now, that, yeah. A lot of subscribers. I was looking just before we jumped on. Uh, Neil. Thank you how much younger than I actually am. If you that. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thank you very much. It's an honor to, to be on here. I really appreciate you asking me, because especially because it's not something that I've, I'm ever asked to speak about, documentary and everything. So I'm, I'm really privileged that you've even considered me. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously I, because so I'm in your Patreon. So I've seen like, you know, obviously sometimes you'll share like full galleries in there and talk through them and stuff. So I see a lot of that documentary stuff. And obviously some of the guests you've had on are obviously very documentary heavy and you talk yeah. a lot about it. So I know there's that passion there. And obviously a lot of what you do on the day, pretty much majority of it is documentary. But I suppose 
everyone, when you say sort of Neil Redfern, everyone knows who you are and they're kind of like, oh yeah, the Flash guy or the, you know, he's known for like, you know, for all the off-camera Flash stuff and Magmod and now obviously Flashmasters. And so like, I think there's a lot of that out there in terms of photographers that see that, but they don't see a lot of the documentary stuff, which obviously is, I think it's incredible. Yeah, anyway. yeah no, it, firstly, thank you. Because it does, honestly, it means a lot to me because the, the, the real value of wedding photography is not, the, the sort of like, oh, wow, how do you create that really sort of cool portrait with all the likes? That's not going to be what couples look back on in years to come. It will be the moments, the genuine moments. And I and I realise that as much as anybody else who's going to listen to this. But I've always felt as though it's it's harder to sell a business on, on those moments than it is to sell a business on say, uh, uh, you know, an, uh, a big epic off-camera flash shot at night where couples look at it and think, oh, that's really cool. It's sort of like that's more attention grabbing. So I realised that, for me anyway, it always has, has been the case. And I think I sort of realised that maybe like 10 years ago and then started to show more of those images because they were what were getting me attention. They were what were getting me bookings. So then you feel the need to, to take more of those, to show more of those. And don't get me wrong, I still love those images and and i love shooting those images like for obviously like in my spare time and 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 come up with new ideas in my head what would happen if i did this how could i do something different and i love that it's like a real passion but when it comes to to wedding photography itself i've always been long aware that the, those moments are what people will look at in in 10 years in 15 years they'll be what they're showing the kids rather than oh look at this photograph of us you know, with, with these four like set up with all these gels. Like that's not gonna be be the case. But I've I've fallen into the, the trap consciously, in a conscious decision to to go down the road of of showing the, the, the portraits and the flash stuff because that's what's that's what my brand is. And I and I think if I was just to pivot and start showing, you know, many more moments and, and only a handful of portraits, it would it would actually affect me um and, and my business, which is is now to be honest as well, like in terms of income, the way that the, the, my business is structured, the majority now is probably from the education side, be it, you know, workshops, Patreon, YouTube, that sort of thing. So I, I've almost like, don't, I don't know how you'd word it, but I think I'd say consciously gone against what, what I think the, the wedding photography is, is truly about because for, for my business is, is elsewhere. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I, I know what you mean when you say about showing images because they, like, when I talk to my couples before, usually, you know, before the wedding, and I, I ask, I try and have quite a long chat with them, and I'm talk a bit about, like, you know, their parents and are they still together and what the family sort of situation yeah, is, and yeah. sort of weave it in naturally as best I can. But I always use an example of, it's like, my mum and dad got divorced when I was four, and then my dad moved abroad, I think, when I was eight. Um, so I still see him like, you know, a few times a year, whatever, but I don't really remember my mum and dad together ever really, you know, I don't have any sort of memories really of them to like, even in the same room as such, really like they drop us off and that was it. So when my brother got married, both my brothers in fact had weddings and they, obviously my mum and dad were both there and we, none of us really knew, like we knew they'd be fine. It wouldn't be like fighting or anything. They'd get on, but course, like yeah. we've never seen them together. It's weird. So like we were like, we don't know. Will they like just have a kind of, hi, how are you? And that's it. Will they ever just sort of actually chat? It was weird but so so like there's a picture of them both just like stood having a chat like just having a drink like laughing a bit and it like we saw it and obviously it was like oh it's amazing and that photo is really like precious to us 
But he yeah. put that on Instagram. Obviously, I didn't take it, but you know, the photographer yeah. said to put that on Instagram. It's just two people stood chatting, having a bit of a laugh. Like it's nice the the way they've shot. It's nice and everything, but it's nothing. No one would have any. They'd be like, you know, it's not even that good, really, as a photo sort of thing. But to us, it's obviously worth loads. Ex- but exactly. probably my favorite picture from their wedding. But to anyone else, they're not. They've got no investment in it. They don't know that history, and they've got no. So it's obviously other couples seeing that probably aren't gonna be like, oh, we need that photographer because that from that image. So it's. It's like that, isn't it? Like, say, those those images are so important to a couple aren't necessarily got the same investment from other oh, people. Oh, 100%. So. 100%. And I think, you like, obviously, it's extremely sad that, that your, your parents aren't, aren't together, but that experience has given you almost like it's fast-tracked your, your knowledge of, of why photography is important because you it means something to you and you obviously you then understand it because it, it, there's a personal impact to you. Uh, I think... When like when I first started out, I didn't understand really that the value of, of what we do on a wedding day isn't even for the now. It's for ten years. It's for thirty years. You know, as, as Tyler Working said, it's for those people that aren't even born yet. But you don't really know that when you whenever you you know if you start out like I did, like it would have been like mid twenties. Like you, you, life hasn't really affected or it didn't affect me that much in that in that sense. However, as time goes on, um, and then things happen to us in life we lose people we lose family members the first thing you often do then you think oh you know what have I got like what 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 is there photo wise that you can look back on and remember those people and oftentimes the 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 people's go-to place is wedding photographs and oh we've got those photographs you know so and that's happened to me like in in life unfortunately as we all do you know lost people and and then you realize then how important and how valued those photographs are and it can only you know you may need one or two and and they mean the world like you just said to you but that's almost like life teaching you that and um i think it's easy when you if you are just starting out fresh faces i was like you know in my 20s i I don't know that all i think is if i sort of create this this cool portrait then it's going to get loads of likes on facebook so i'll let's do loads of them and then you start to realize as time goes on actually you know like wait, wait, you know you, you'll see it yourself i'm sure like when 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 couples of yours may unfortunately might lose a parent and you'll see that they'll just change their profile picture to a wedding day picture of them you know maybe a bride with a dad and you say oh no and then you can click on that and then you see the reaction and and, and that shows you the value of what it is we're creating however having said all that again just to to, to really reiterate and i think bill what you just said because i couldn't agree more if you put that shot if i put a shot of bride hugging a dad you know on 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 instagram it will get a fifth of the interaction as it will if i create you know one of these sort of off-camera flash portraits so that's why i've had to make a decision who am i who is my Instagram for now? And for me, and this is a very personal choice, it is it is for photographers, really, because that's what my business is. But underneath that, underneath that 5% what I'm taking on a wedding day is the 95% for the couple, which is all the moments and the natural stuff. And like you said at the beginning, like, I will take, Nine percent of the day for me. I, I'm not. I'm not speaking to my couples. I'm pure, I'm shooting a purely documentary way, and it, and I'm passionate about that. But it doesn't. It's not as sexy. To, to to show those images as it is to show everything where people say, how has that been done? You know, that's, that's, it, it's difficult because I always feel like when I say that, I'm sounding like I'm selling out. I'm not, I'm just making a conscious business decision, really. Yeah, it's interesting. So what, when you sort of couples inquire with you then, or you, ha- you know, having like a meeting with them, like what's, 
do you discuss a lot about the documentary side? Are you just showing the yes. flash crossing? What how does that kind of feed into then you yeah, kind of so, planting so, that seed, you know? Yeah, so I would say without sort of sounding like too manipulative, the way that my business works in terms of the wedding photography and, and actually like booking couples in is I will show the images which tend to get my, me attention. Um say that'll be the portraits and then i'll spend that inquiry meeting talking to them about the importance of documentary and explaining that the portraits is a very small part of the day um i always just the way i would describe it is like i would say five percent of what i take is probably portraits on a wedding day in terms of what i'm delivering numbers wise but that five percent is 95 percent of what i show online so i've everything that i show virtually is a very tiny percentage of the wedding day. So I then need to try and pull my couples back from thinking that it's going to be a portrait shoot and explain to them why moments are so important. And they, if they actually do a bit of a deeper dive on my website, they'll, they'll realize that because my website, that the gallery is split into two sections, moments and portraits. Uh, the, 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 the lead thing on my that headline on my website is, I want to show you images that remember, that remind you of how your day felt. So I'm trying to do that, but ultimately I would think if, if it's the images that do the talk and I am showing more more portraits, certainly on Instagram, the, the website is very more, much more 50-50. But yeah, the, those meetings, I, I'm explaining to them the importance of documentary and how I don't set anything up. And I really don't, um, you know, I've, I've like I've been massively inspired by Tyler working. You know, I think when it's a documentary photographer, he's like a god. Um, and I've been on a couple of his workshops and things, had critique of him, and it's really stuck with me the lessons that he's he's taught me. So I'm then trying to pass that on to my couples. You know, I don't ever want to build a business based on you know the, the reason this is important is that your family members are going to die. You know, you can't really say that it's a bit negative, but that's ultimately what I'm trying to explain to them and then say that the the, the portraits are really like the, the icing on the cake but it's not going to be all about that but yeah i have to try and pull them around really because the messaging is a bit different to what they'll see if they just look at my social media yeah but like you say i suppose that you know, say that pulls them in the images hopefully they'll go to the website and then like you say you have got those kind of fairly distinctive separations so people can look at the moments which are great by the way i think they're oh thank you the ones you've got on the website are amazing but yeah the like I say having that split, I guess people can still see actually that's what you're doing, and then I guess yeah, yeah you get like cemented so. it in the meetings yeah. and and um, but yeah, but it's interesting to like I say to have that kind of very quite pure documentary for the for the most part, and then like I say having that sort of clear separation, it's like right, I will bring out tons of lights I need to, or like you know keep it yeah, simple, exactly. but like we'll yeah. do something quite grand. And, and, and that is that is also still a really good selling point because. You know, I, I can say to, you know, couples, one of the most often asked questions is, oh, what if it rains one day? Is that good? I really hope it does because look what we can get if it does. What if the weather's not great? That's cool because look at what we can create if in light in bad weather. You know, look what we can create indoors in winter. And it can give them a lot of reassurance. And I think even if you are, you know, selling yourself as a documentary photographer, it can still be a really, really good thing to have up your sleeve, the knowledge of how to use lighting to create, whether it's not to be portraits, you know, you could be lighting group shots, speeches, document, whatever it is, knowing how to light as a photographer, I think is 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 invaluable. So even if you don't want to go down the road of, of creating, you know, you know all, all the, the really sort of creative portraits, having the knowledge of how to light a room, how to light people is still massively useful, uh, whatever style of photography you want to go down. Yeah, so even if you want to keep it like basically looking very natural, but just raising that kind of ambient, at least. Yeah, you know, having I always those think kind of in your back pockets. 
Oh, yes, I mean, obviously, both of us based in the UK. My God, like, we are faced with some horrendous weather. It could be June, and it's, like, great. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's, it's great to go to a wedding thinking, whatever the weather's like, we, we can, you know, I don't get me wrong, I, I want, it to, want it to be nice weather, but it doesn't faze me if the weather's not great or if you have to be indoors because I just need to light it, that's all. But, like, it's, it's a bit more of a faff. But once you set it up, you, you're good. So, yeah, I still think it's a great thing to, and it's, you know, I think it's sometimes not seen as being cool to know how to use off-camera flash to light things other than portraits. But I think it's something that people should have at least a basic understanding of when we're, you know, we're taking, you know, bookings for a lot of money. And if you do then have a dark venue in winter, you're not thinking, oh God, like, what do I do? Yeah, it's definitely like, you're right. I've got a, there's a venue up here. It's like a tree house kind of thing. Like obviously a big Ooh. one, but it's like, it's cool, but it's obviously just, you know, it's wood, which is quite dark anyway. And then I've, yeah, got, I've yeah. got a wedding there next month. It's a 5 p.m. ceremony. So it's literally, obviously it is oh. going to be, it's going to be dark when they, and they're going to do a first look and some of the portraits before, I think, which is, so they'll get some like sort of outdoor natural light, yeah. which is nice for them just because that's, yeah, they kind of want that anyway. So it's like, you don't have to do it before the ceremony. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're, otherwise, obviously everything else, it's just when they're in there, it's, probably going to rain and be miserable no doubt um and they're going so they're going to be inside Love our attitudes. yeah i mean so well worst case you know obviously if it, it's probably going to be cold regardless because it's november so they're going to have to be inside for a lot of it and then inevitably like i say it's just dark and there's wood and that's it yeah. so kind of, i'm going to have to have you know i'm going to have to use some lighting uh, regardless oh yeah but, we we do yeah. face some really tough conditions in, in a uk wedding in in winter is 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 hard work. Yeah, it's hard work. I mean, I know a lot of nat- sort of I say natural life photographers, like say photographers who don't really want to use flash at all, and they just, I guess, they just accept that and they just don't either don't take bookings in the winter or they, you know, they kind of they they pick and choose the venues kind of thing, which obviously is fine if if that's what you want to do. But like I say, I guess just having that knowledge there, you can kind of you can still make things fairly natural, can't you? Without it doesn't have to be like say, oh yeah, and I think gelled and crazy, the, the, you can the, kind of keep it quite natural, but just a hundred percent. And and one of like you know the the. I think a real skill in off-camera flash, and for those that are really good at it, you don't realise that they're even using it. And you know, that's one of the things that I think is 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 again is, is maybe sort of misunderstood that the best off-camera flash shots that you see, you're not even aware of off-camera flash. It's because it's such a subtle use, or they make it mimic natural light so well that you're just oblivious to that and think, oh, they've got like really good light, and the, and the, it's not the case. It's just that they know what they're doing with off-camera flash and. So that's that's definitely something that is 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 often misunderstood, and people think that off-camera flash shots are obvious, and and the best shots aren't. It's it can be very subtle and very natural light looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's take it back a little bit then. So you're obviously there's a lot of like I don't want to reiterate a lot of stuff that's already out there. So a lot you've got a lot of good stuff on YouTube already, and there's a lot of stuff on your you sort of embed quite a lot of videos on your website, which is good. I was watching one before with your you know how I got started in, in wedding photography and stuff like that. So there's a lot of yeah sort of quite good stuff out there anyway that people can go and watch. But um you know if you give us a little brief in, in sort of intro where did sort of wedding start for you and then the flash side and then the, even like going towards a documentary then. So how did like you say you sort of mentioned you started to realise that moments were important like how yeah, far into your cool. career was that switch do you think well when i've answered this question in the past it is it's it never sounds as bad as it does now because now when i say 2006 i think my god that is a long time ago so yeah i feel very old now so that's, i think it's like 17 years that i've been doing this now um and yeah so I, I shot my first wedding in 2006 i was i had a i would say inverted commas proper job then 
I was working in an office and had no intention of ever becoming a wedding photographer. I did, I did art and design at college and university, but I, it was, it was not really anything that I thought I would then go into a, into a career with. Um, I wanted to work in marketing and work as a copywriter actually, but that never worked out. I then got a, a, a job in marketing, nothing to do with photography at all. Um, but a, a, a woman that I was working with was getting married and this was, when I just bought uh, my first DSLR in 2005, I think it was, that was a Nikon D70, six megapixels. Um, and I had, then I had a big camera. And back then, like, it wasn't uncommon for people not even to have photography. Either you had a, a photography would shoot film, or you might not have a photographer at your wedding at all. And that was going to be the case for her. She knew that I had a camera and that I liked um, taking photographs. But all I was taking literally was the odd landscape or like photos of the cat, literally. And I had a little photo box gallery. Uh, they even still happen. You could just upload uh, galleries to photo box. And she, so she knew about that. Um, and she said, would you be interested in my shooting my wedding? I said, yeah, but I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so I did that wedding for free. I think we had to have the kit lens then. Um, and a 7,300. But I did so many things wrong. Because the other thing back then, there was no educational resources like there is now. Um, and I often wonder, is it easier to start now where there's all this education and you can learn so much online? Every aspect of photography is there, you know, for you to learn. But the expectation is sky high because people know what good photography looks like now. When I started, there was no education at all unless you went to the library and got a book out. But people's expectations were on the floor because no one knew what good photography looked like really. So yeah, I so if they weren't on, uh, yeah, sorry, interrupt you there, but yeah, if they weren't on Instagram, I guess, or like say they weren't, that kind of thing wasn't, it didn't exist. It's like oh, no one was exist. seeing, was, no was one was no... kind of seeing all that. You saw probably other, you, you might see your odd friends or parents, whatever wedding album, with like 20 exactly, shots yeah. in or something. And you might see like a brochure from the, the wedding venue when you go to book it or something, but you're not, like, say, so yeah, you're not surrounded exactly. by this wedding content sort of this is why i realized how concept. old i am because it was literally a different world so when i booked that wedding in 2005 uh, ahead of a, getting married in the next year there was no social media there's no facebook the, if you were a photographer then a wedding photographer you wanted to advertise you would do it in the yellow pages that's how old school it was so i say the advantage is that it wasn't like she could look at lots of different photographers she would literally go to people that she knew uh, and that's what she did and, that, and then and then from there luckily for me um, she didn't I say she didn't mind. She liked the photos. I mean, if you looked at it now, you would cringe hard. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it, they were passable, I would say, for for that era. Yeah. Uh, and then she had friends at that wedding who were in the same boat. They were about to get married, weren't going to have a photographer, which seems mental. But that's that is how it was. You know, like you didn't always have a photographer because you would pay a lot of money for a film photographer who would maybe give you thirty photos. So because digital was new, I say that. DSLRs have just started to, to become a thing. Digital cameras have been around, but not DSLRs. Um, so, yeah, I then booked hers. And then I think it was like a friend of my mum's or something. Before you knew it, I had like four or five weddings. And then I thought, oh, actually, you know what? I'm enjoying these. And then slowly, slowly it built. And I put an advert on a on a website called Hitched, which I think is still going. I got a couple of bookings from there. Yeah. And it and it it's very very organically slowly grew but very slowly uh and it was 2011 that i i went full time so it was like six five six years after that first when i went full time um and then from that point onwards i i sort of really started to put all my attention obviously into it um and um yeah, that would have been the same time that I started getting used to, or started to use off-camera flash as well. 
didn't know what I was doing. I'm a really bad advert for photographers, really, because I've never, like, before that first wedding, never second shot a wedding, never before used off-camera flash, never been on a workshop, mainly because they weren't around at that point. But I did a lot of learning on the job, which is something that I don't think is clever. I wouldn't advocate everybody does that, but I did. Um, but because of that, the nature of the beast, I was there was a lot of learning went on, so a lot of mistakes were made. But, yeah, so I started using off-camera flash about then, um, and then just realized actually two things. One, I love how I can make this scene look different to what the human eye is seeing, but also the reaction I was getting from my couples, especially then, 10, 12 years ago, was like, wow, you know, like, and it, this was not complicated shots. This was just using a flash on a stand. Like, that was all it would take, but you could underexpose the sky. So you could make, you know, the, the, the sort of obvious sunset photo look very different to what they're expecting. And the reaction you would get uh, from the couple, but also from putting those photographs online, especially then back in the day when on Facebook where there was no ads or anything like that. So if you had a you know a couple of thousand people on your page, you would load a photo, it would be shown to a couple of thousand people. So you could get the good time to be growing like a profile and things. So I, I found that those photographs actually are doing well. And that's where that sort of started. And then I would go to weddings up until... It was 2015 things changed. I was going to weddings up to that point, shooting documentary, but not really putting much thought into it, dare I say. It was just like, yeah, that's what you did. But then I went to Nine Dots that year. That was the first year that Nine Dots started and went to the gathering and Tyler Working was speaking. And it was like mind blown. The way that he was talking about photography, talking about his approach. Because at that point as well, before that, that year, I would have been shooting... Nikon DSLRs with the 1424, 2470, 7200. Thought that's what you did because a 7200 made you look professional. Surely that's what <laughs> we all do because that's what proper photographers do. They have a tripod, they have a 7200, and you look the part. You know, like, like look at this. I'm the photographer at this wedding. Um, and then he just changed all my thinking, which was like, what you know, you just need a 3585. That's it. Getting close. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. And then I started doing a lot of second shooting because I didn't feel like I could just give up those zoom lenses. I've been using them for years and they were they felt safe to me. Like I knew that if I took a picture on a 7200 at 200 at 2.8, the couple will be like, we really like that. Doesn't matter what's in the photo, but just like the blurry background in their, in their words. So that was like a, something that worked at that point. And then start looking at for moments and start trying to capture the day as it happens rather than what I think it should look like. You know, I always think say to my couples, I want your day to happen as it would do if I hadn't even turned up. Like I'm not going to make anything happen outside of the portraits, the group shots. And, and the, the best scenario for me is when you forget that I'm there because that's when I'll get the best stuff. The moment you're conscious of me being around, it's not going to work. But the moment you, and that's why I would say I, I like to get to wedding days early um, because that first hour to me is not even about the photographs. It's about the psychology of me being there physically and then, and you know, the, if it's a bride getting ready, for example, them getting used to me being there and then forgetting that I'm there, then I can start. So all this was alien to me. I never used to think along these terms. So, yeah, like going to 3585 was big in that year. And I say I started doing second shooting. And I was second shooting so that I could get used to using those primes um, rather than, you know, and I'd leave, and then when I started shooting my own weddings, I'd think, okay, I've, I know I can do it as second shooting. So I'm going to now leave the 7200 
in the, I, I, I couldn't ever leave it at home. So I thought, well, I'll just leave it in the car. It was there. And then a few minutes down the line, I don't even need it in the car anymore. And then I was free then. And I feel as though my work then changed within six months from being something that would be more expected, I would say, at that time, like 7200, like just everything a bit more safe to getting in there and getting close. And that was the other thing that, that Tyler uh, like professes so much. And, and I and I always say to everybody now, like, it, you know, it's that the, the Robert Kappa phrase, if your photographs aren't good enough, you're not close enough. And I think it's so true. Like I, the, the the feeling you get from looking at a photograph, and I'm, I know I'm preaching to the converted, when it's, you're close on a 35 mil or 24, to that same moment being shot, I don't know, what, 20 foot away on a sense, you don't feel like you're in it. I just got addicted then to, to wanting to shoot moments. And um, and I realised then that, like, the photographs that I was taking, I was excited by those photographs as well. And it just it just all changed since then. And But I, in the background, still creating those, those portraits. And I'd also started doing workshops as well. Um, started shooting, the, uh, doing workshops with my friend Liam Crawley. Um, of Liam and B, and we would have started about 2012, 13. Um, and we would, when we did them together, um, my job was to teach off camera flash. So I was also in that, that sort of mindset of, and then I started doing them on my own 2016, my own workshops, and I've been doing them ever since. So the off camera flash has been very important, but the moments were, were, were what was going on in the background, and that's that where I am now basically as I said before like 95% now is moments getting on a 35 85 and um, but then sprinkling over the portraits Oof, yeah. waffling. that was good no it was great it's just interesting to get that feel because like you say I guess like you say everyone shoots documentary in a way or candid for a lot of the day just by kind of default I guess like you say all these ceremonies and like sort of receptions and canapes and all this stuff like generally is not that much posing anyway so kind of everyone does exactly. that but there is a difference like you say between kind of really going heavy on that and, and thinking a lot about that part and just kind of shooting it you know as kind of oh well, this is the next step right when's the next portrait yeah. when's the next this that you kind of there is a difference so it's just interesting to kind of like say hearing that development really and uh one of the things you mentioned like go back a little bit the um you know when you say about you know starting out back then starting out now and it's kind of it's something that I always think about because, you know, like obviously on your patron say, so I'm on there and there's loads of great videos. And I see them pop up. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, it's amazing. I'll, I'll jump on there. You know, yeah, no worries. Um, I'll jump on there, you know, and watch that live. That's great. But then I just cut for whatever reason, like the evenings are harder because obviously I want to spend time with, with um, Sarah and, and all that stuff. So then I'll be like, right, I'm here marking that because I'm going to watch it back. And I always do eventually, but like there's just so much now, isn't there? And then sometimes you watch stuff and it's like, oh, that's amazing, right? I need to jump on that now. And I need to, and then you watch something else oh, and I need to jump on that now. Yeah. And it's just so, it must be so, because at least I've kind of got, they say where I kind of know where my style is a bit and I can look at things and take things away. But if you were just starting out and there's just so much content, isn't there now? And like oh, trying to wow, find yeah. those bits that kind of inspire you and, and try and learn the way to shoot. Almost in a way, I'm sometimes I'm kind of envious if you started early on to be like, you just kind of muddled through and then you've worked it out kind of thing. And it's kind of nice in a way almost. Yeah. And not, I know it's harder because you don't have that education in a way. It probably is quite nice to just be like, well, I did that wrong. And then I learned and then changed to do this. And now I'm happy where I am now. And, you know, like I say, it's kind of, it is obviously it's great that you can just basically, you know, jump on so many great educational places or YouTube even and find out a lot of content, but there's just so much now, isn't there? Oh, I agree. And that's a really good point. Like finding your voice, finding your style, it's really important, but it's really difficult as well. Because if you, it's like if you go to any big photography conference, 
then and you can maybe they say there's five photographers speaking you can go and see the first one and think oh i love that got so much from it i've got to, i'm going to you know utilize a lot of what they said and say things in a slightly different way and you say oh i really like that as well then the third one different again you're like, i don't know what to do now <laughs> because they're all right they're all saying what they do and work and, and how what their style consists of but in different ways and you're then left thinking do i interact with my couple is it okay to move things i don't know anymore and it's really hard and i think ultimately one of the, the all we can always do is try and cherry pick from everything that we think and, and see uh, and then think okay i'm going to take that from photographer a, i'm going to take that from photographer b and because uh, that speaks to me and then i'm molding i do but i think what well, it's a dangerous trap that we go down to ever try and become somebody else because you're of that that photographer but i think it's okay to cherry pick but i agree if you like think of i mean some of the, the trying to think of lots of photographers who I, who I follow myself and i think oh wow they're amazing they do things different and um you know it's like with, with tyler like i got obsessed with listening to tyler and like his teaching and everything and um like he would say yeah, you can't move anything and i wouldn't at times but i think well hang on but like but they, they do, and I prefer what they're getting because they are moving something. Yep. So I'm going to move it. And I feel that naughty even moving that Coke can or whatever to get a cleaner shot of something. I'll take, I'll become like maybe like, I'll, I'll be like a, a lightweight version of Tyler, but I'm also going to take other bits from other people. And then then you find your own voice. And then you think, actually, this is now, that, that voice is my style. And then I'm very comfortable with that. And also you tweak it over time and you, you'll, you'll introduce new things, you'll drop other bits, but ultimately you'll become the best version of you. But it is very difficult when you first start now. I think it's a really good point you make because there are so many opinions, so many ways. And you've only got to look in any Facebook group. You know, someone said, you can't do that. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And I hate that. It really annoys me when people should on people. You know, you should do this. I would never say that to anyone. I would say, if it feels right for you, then do that. And if, if you ever see anything that I do and it doesn't resonate with you, then ignore it. Don't try and think you've got to do anything the way that I do because that will just be really counter, counterproductive. So just do what speaks to you and, and cherry pick from other photographers rather than taking from them, you know, wholesale. Yeah, you just won't enjoy it as much either, will you? Like say, it's, uh, you, no, if you're just exactly. trying to constantly copy someone else, it's just, enjoy it. yeah, I think it's hard, I think it's really hard for longevity to for anyone to do it if you don't enjoy it. Like I say, you have to give up a lot of weekends, there's a lot of you know, obviously stress of just being self-employed, kind of run your own business and stuff alongside it, and all that stuff. I think you just have to. Most of the people I see that kind of, well, I speak to that have been doing it a long time and are successful, obviously, generally do. Most of them do sort of genuinely love weddings and stuff as well, and the kind of yeah, you can capture at weddings and, and think... that kind of thing. So. I think you ha I think that the wedding photography is it sounds cheesy cliche but it is it's the best job in the world but it could be the worst job in the world like if you didn't enjoy this can you imagine going out and trying to put a face on for 12 hours a day like it would be agony but when you enjoy it it doesn't feel like work but I, yeah I'd hate to do this if I didn't if I really didn't enjoy it because Oh, I couldn't think of anything I want to do because you've got to, you, you can't fake it. You know what I mean? Like you've got, to, you've got to show your enthusiasm. So if you tried to fake that, it'd be so tiring. Yeah. And so make, make, you know, shoot what you enjoy shooting. Don't, don't get bogged down and think I've got to do it this way. Even if you hate it. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't shoot details, for example, because it doesn't resonate with me. I'm not interested in it. That's a lie. I do shoot mm -hmm. them, but not, not in the, in a way that I'm putting real effort into it. I must be honest. It's like evidence shooting sometimes. Just get it done because, 
I want to get them out of the way so I can start shooting what actually speaks to me. Um, but some people get a real shooting details. In, you know, you, set, you see those shots of rings in water and it's lit really cool. And I think if you love that, go for it. Is it for me? No, I've got no interest in that whatsoever because yeah. there's no emotive, no emotion to those shots. But if you love it, go and build a business around that. You know what I mean? Do do what you enjoy. Yeah, and there'll be a couple, like I say, there's couples who want that, isn't it? It all comes down to, like you say, I suppose, that, like showing what you love to shoot and kind of showing what yeah. works for you as a business and, and gets you the right are... bookings. And But yeah, I know, like I say, I know people who've taken like tanks of you know tanks to fill with water for that just for that one shot and yeah. people who take <laughs> yeah. like you know those background kind of squares that you get to doing like lay flat stuff and like I say I'll shoot stuff either as it is I might move it a bit if I need to but generally like I say I just do details of where they are and it's just kind of like I say it's nice yeah the couples might want to shot their shoes or whatever but just try and do it either in situ or like as part of the yeah. day you know as they're walking down in the stairs context, or something yeah. or whatever but yeah like you say some people do an amazing job they put it in the great light and they've got the you know the background's incredible and that works for them. So and I think what we've always yeah. got to remember is that there are photog- there are couples for us all as well. And what we're trying to do, I think you you want your couples to be a mirror of what you like to shoot. Um, so the the couples that that do want lots of posy shots, and I know photographers who do this and and good on them. Yeah. Like they're, they're very very good at it and got very good businesses out of it. But they may want to to shoot the bride for an hour in the morning when she's ready. I I basically basically get two minutes if that. Mm-hmm. But like couples out there that want that. You know that that want all the details in in really like, the best shots that you can produce of detail shots, and good for those photographers who cater for that and who enjoy doing that. It might not be for me or for you, but like that doesn't mean it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and say we, we will all have our own couples out there, and it's about us trying to put out there what we love, in the hope that our couples find us, and then you've got that connection. Then because couples will feed off your enthusiasm as well. Like if a couple said to me like, "Oh, we want like fifty group shots," and I'm like. Yeah, I, yeah, I can, I'll, I'll, I can, I'll do my best. Like it won't be easy, but I'll, and and they'll be able to tell in my voice that mm-hmm. oh, this probably isn't the guy for us. Whereas they say to me, look, what we basically want is to have that the best day. We're not that bothered about having too many shots during the day. We've not got that many group shots, but we love what you do in the evening as well. We always hope it rains. Like, brilliant, you're yeah. my couple, and they'll feel that in my voice, and I'll be able. To, it will naturally be coming out of me, and and that's where the connection will be made. So you've, that's where you've got to be authentic. Yeah, another good thing you said about the second shooting thing, like say you were sort of starting to have a bit of a change in your own mind about like, oh, maybe I should do a bit, you know, pay more attention to the documentary side or whatever and change up the way you kind of the lenses you used or whether it's, you know, camera systems or whatever it is that, you know, as you, people sort of start changing over the years. And as you say, there's personal experience come in handy. Like actually, I don't know, someone might look at you and be like, actually, I've shot a lot of documentary, but I do love the off-camera flash stuff and I've never really done it. And like you say, it's hard to then go to your next wedding and be like, right, I'm going to do this now because uh, obviously those couples have booked yeah. you on your past work. So second shooting Very gives true. you quite a good opportunity. Obviously, if you can get on with the right people, you can kind of find people who inspire you. Like, actually, I love their work. I'll just see if they, you know, I can second shoot for them or it gives you a chance to try things out and to experiment a bit and not have the same pressure. And you can slowly maybe start to, you know, if you do believe it's sort of changing that way or whatever you can start to change your portfolio a bit or start to change what you're showing or then the new kind of, you know, bookings down the line or kind of, I think the hard thing is it sometimes it's such a long period, isn't it? So you're booking weddings like a year, sometimes two years in advance, whatever. In that two year period, you might change a bit how you feel about things. And it's quite hard to suddenly have a drastic change because that couple kind of booked you obviously on what you were showing at the time. And yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah, really true. That's why I, I don't think I've ever, I've never, although my style changed overnight, what I was showing online 
didn't change overnight. That's mm-hmm. probably like the important thing to say um, because what you say is true. And, and I think if you are shooting like a particular way, it's very difficult if you then just overnight diff- show something completely different. But I think for a lot of the day, like a lot of, especially, you know, the people who've listened to this and uh, the members of, of, um, of Socrates Keep It Real will shoot a day with the same-ish way. What will change is what they show online. If you don't change that too much, then you can probably get away with it. Mm-hmm. But the second shooting thing as well, to go back to just to like maybe I didn't mention before when I was those second shoot and I probably second shot maybe 15, 10, 15 weddings that year. Um, and what we did, um, that, there was a group of us like me and my friend Tony, for example, was second shoot a lot for each other that year. She was also going through the same sort of transition. We, but we weren't being paid to be there. We just did it like tit for tat almost. If you want to come to one of my weddings, cool, no payment. I'll come to one of yours, cool, no yeah. payment. But because of, and our couples often wouldn't even find out I was even bringing somebody else until maybe a couple of days before to send a quick text. Do you mind if somebody else comes along to help out? And I wouldn't ever put any expectation on the images either. It would just be just going to help with lighting and just just help me in general. And it was all but yeah, of course. And that gave like me when I was in that situation complete free reign because I, there was no expectation to deliver photographs. It was more just try things. And um, that 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 sort of experience of shooting with no pressure was also really good as well because I, one of the best things I think we can try and do while it's a very difficult thing to do mindset wise is to shoot a wedding as a primary shooter like a second shooter but you, how do you know what a second shooter shoots if you've never been a second shooter so shooting with no pressure is a real game changer and it, and it, you start thinking, actually, I don't need, I used, I used to be able to go weddings and I had like a list in my head. I've got to get a shot of the shoes. I've got to get a shot of this. I've got to get a shot of this. And that list got longer over the years. And it would take me so long to tick off that, that imaginary list mm-hmm. that I only had like 10 minutes at the end to think, okay, I can get, I can do stuff different now. So I got rid of that, like mentally started thinking, I'm not going to show I shot every every wedding of the rings, of the shoes, of this, of that. You know, and the moment I then stopped showing it, I felt I didn't need to take it, and then I could it freed me up to second shoot uh, to to shoot um, more creatively. But second shooting was a good introduction to that because there was no expectation whatsoever. And I definitely advise anybody do that. Just get in touch with one of your photographer mates. Say, do you mind if I come along? Might not give you any photos, or if I do, I might give you one picture. But I want to just to shoot with no pressure and you will love it. You will love that. It's so freeing. Yeah. I love it. And like it's it's tricky for me at the minute with I've got like young kids and stuff so like childcare and to have to leave them with Sarah to be like, oh, by the way, I'm oh, shooting course. And yeah. I'm shooting a wedding yeah. again and like, oh really? That's you know, and but oh yeah, but I'm basically not earning anything or I'm earning minimal and it's a whole day and all this stuff. So it's but like say if you've got that opportunity to like I love it when I do and I try and still do it a few times a year if I can, just to like like I say, just to have that kind of play around a bit and um and yeah, it's, it's just great fun. So, but yeah, there's the pressure thing, isn't it? I like, say you're right. When you're at your own wedding, it's always different. There's always pressure. However you shoot, it's like, oh yeah, even just if a you different don't way. Realize so. it. Mm. You, you, you might, you could be going to weddings and think, oh, oh yeah, I feel all right and everything. But when you go into, if you go into a, then the next weekend, you go into a wedding to second shoot and there's no, you're not being paid, but there's no expectation. The mindset difference is crazy. Like, I, I, I can feel like, I don't know. It's very liberating, I think. And it just makes you realize, actually, when you when I'm going to a wedding, even now, like, I'm going there, like, pensive, bit anxious, got to do this. I've done this. Is that in the bag? Like, what are the time? And you just get into a different zone. Um, whereas when you go into a wedding, you're just second shooting. I feel like, well, yeah, they've got all the hard stuff and I'm going to mess around. But oftentimes, my favorite photographs can come from that mindset. 
and that, and I want to try and take that into my own, but it's it's very difficult. Mm. Cool, oh, amazing, some great stuff. I just want to talk a bit about um like workshops and patreon stuff so you obviously you said there you've done workshops for kind of a while now in terms like in-person ones and and that kind of thing and and spoken at kind of events and obviously more recently you've got your patron now it's uh obviously quite a lot of members in there it's very successful and seeming like there's i say certainly a lot of content getting put out in there now which is amazing um and obviously more recently flash masters and so there's quite obviously a lot of that now what what's kind of your divide do you think is it like a you know, you kind of conscious still shooting obviously a lot of weddings a year to kind of still yeah. do that. But. So, so it, it's it's changed a lot since the um, well since the pandemic actually. Um, so I, I started doing my solo workshops in 2016 and loved them, and they, they were off camera. Oh no, they, that's online. They were just they were general wedding photography workshops mm-hmm. where a lot of it would be shooting, but I also would encompass quite a bit of like a, like marketing as well. Um, but very portrait heavy. I then did them for like a couple of years and then started doing purely off-camera flash workshops. And I've been doing that ever since. Uh, I would have been doing them purely off-camera flash for maybe about five years um, now. And um, I tend to do three or four at the beginning of the year, like February, March time, and then three or four at the end of the year, like November-ish. Because one... I want to do them when I'm not too busy with weddings mm. myself, but also when the light goes low, because I want to be able to show what, what I do when the, when we've got very low ambient light. So I've been doing them for quite a while, and I and I really realised early on in terms of the workshops, everything, that I, how much I loved it. Like It's like, you know, you leave a wedding, you think, some, well, not often I actually feel this, you think, I've, I've done a pretty decent job there. And then you, know, you get the feedback from the couple, and they're, they're like, that, oh, we really like this, you know, thank you so much. And that, you get a real buzz from that. Mm-hmm. Or, or I always do. It feels yeah. like, oh, I've, I've done well. And it's nice to have that pat on the back. And I got the same on the workshops. When people were leaving, you see the light bulb moments of, oh, I get it. And it exactly. It's not difficult. It's just, you know, like you just need to practice and just sort of break it down like the way that I use off-camera flash. And then you say, oh, it's not. Because people are so intimidated by, oh my, if you look on the back of like a speed light, all those buttons. So like, I don't know what any of them do either. I just turn it on and turn the power up and down. That's it. But the way that I think when people feel reassured when they hear somebody else saying that, then anyway, that light bulb moment, you get like a bit of a buzz from that as well. And you, people leaving, and especially afterwards, I see them start experimenting with their own off-camera flash shots. I love that. So I wanted to do that more. I get, and I, I love the, the 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 variation of shooting weddings, but also then having like workshops look forward to at the end of the year. So I started really enjoying that, and um, then. I would share some of the photos that I would take, maybe at workshops at weddings in like in the Magmog community um, on Facebook. And people would ask me how I used to do that. And I was one of the first to start showing the behind the scenes stuff. And people would say, well, how have you done it? Like, what's your setup? Like, so I, I remember thinking then like, oh, it's quite, I could try writing it down. It would take forever. So I just did audio videos where I'd show a raw file and I'd talk over it. Like, I'm, you know, we're just talking to the laptop like I'm doing now. And I put them on YouTube. That started taking off as well. It's like, ooh. I, when I first started YouTube, for example, I think that was four, four and a half years ago now, genuinely only thought that YouTube was something for how you find out about how to fix a leaky tap or, you know, like funny cat videos or something. And then it's like, oh, there's subscribers on there. And then actually people are leaving comments. And that was because I was answering questions in the Magma community in the form of videos on YouTube. Um, and that fed into the workshops then. So people then 
would, would, I would then start thinking, actually, and it took me a, a, a good amount of time to get the confidence to show my face on camera because that was very rarely in contact. I'm an introvert and it was really like weird to me to put a camera up and talk into it. And those early videos are shocking. But I started thinking, actually, people now find him on YouTube and they're saying, can I come on a workshop? So it all started to build from there. Um, and that that then just became part of my business. And, and for the if you think of when I started those workshops at 2016 to say 2019-ish, I would have been doing about 30 weddings a year, I would say, mm -hmm. maybe 35, and say over the course of a year, six, seven, eight workshops, something like that. But as time's gone on, and and I've realised I've really enjoy. I always do what I enjoy. Like that's I've always been like that. Um, so the moment, like I thought, I'm, I'm loving making these YouTube videos now. Same with friends. Like the, the the models that I would use have become good friends now. So like like Demi, for example, is a model that I use very often. Like we've become really good mates, and it's like, oh, let, let's go out, Demi. Let's go to a waterfall, see what we can do. Like, and and making videos around that i loved it the whole process not just like the actual shot it didn't it became more than the shot it became like just having a laugh with with like with a friend and creating something that would then feed into my business really well so it's like okay then i'm going to start slowing down or cutting down the number of weddings that i'm shooting so that i can make more youtube content because the youtube content feeds into the workshops so that i can do more workshops so it's been trying to get the balance right. And then that was, so that was the balance. I was then by just before the pandemic, I had something maybe 25 weddings a year, plus trying to make a YouTube video every couple of weeks, plus, not always shooting, sometimes just talking to the camera, like mm -hmm. trying to give advice. But, you know, often that would might involve 10 times a year, I would go out style shoots almost and create content. Um, and then the workshops on top of that, then obviously the pandemic hit and everything just shut down. It's like, shit, okay, right, this is a tricky one. Because I couldn't even go out and make YouTube videos initially, obviously. So I would try, I would make videos in, in the flat at the time um, and try and, like, do what I could. But, like, right, okay, I've got a slight advantage over maybe other photographers in that I have a bit of a profile for training. So I can't do anything in-person ones at the moment, but can I do anything online? So I then set up like the Patreon um, and that's become, and that initially that was just basically literally to save me financially. Um, but it became within a couple of months, like something that I really enjoyed, especially in that period of time where we couldn't go out, we couldn't meet people. Um, the ability to have these regular live streams was really good for the mental, everyone's mental health, I think. Um, and, and really close bonds were formed over that period of time between everyone that would join those streams. Cause you know, we, that was at a time of the say where we could, we could obviously, we could meet over zoom. You couldn't meet in person. So that, that in a funny way, like was, was just as important to my mental health. It was financially. And then at the end of the pandemic, it was like, I, I don't want to stop that now. Like we, I can go out shooting, but I really love what the Patreon is becoming because the community side of it has been brilliant. You know, genuinely made friends on there. And everyone that when I, when we do live streams now, like it's become more like a being a big group of mates rather than anything else. And everyone shares so much and I get so much out of it. So it was like, I don't want to give that up. So now my business is I'm I'm taking a real risk for next year. And I want to next year now not I reckon I've shot, including second shooting, close to 40-odd weddings, 45 maybe, I think. And it's too much for me because the Patreon, YouTube, Flashmasters is something else that was taking up a huge amount of time this summer 
with my partner Helen, and we have just got the balance completely wrong. And I've I've not stopped. Neither of us have stopped now for months, and it's not healthy. It's not something that I would do again. It's not something that I'd recommend. It's not clever, but we've just been like nonstop working. But next year, I want to really take a risk and shoot no more than say. I even want to say 12 weddings. So I always want to be relevant. I always want to shoot weddings, but I want to shoot 12 weddings and then create more YouTube content, do more workshops and run Flashmasters and Patreon. And I think then I've got the right balance, but it's been very hard getting there. Yeah, it's interesting. Are you going to be, you know, obviously delving fully into pricing, but you're, are you going to, are you putting prices up slightly in weddings and shooting 12 at similar price? What are you just going to be like, actually, I'm just obviously making more on the education side now so i'm just going to balance it shoot less but sticking at a similar price point but you know yeah kind of i, I think i'll way. probably say a similar similar price point um but know that the weddings aren't in the past like i would be having kittens like at this time of year if i've not got half my diary filled for mm-hmm. next year so in theory now i should be don't be swearing here i should be yeah, shitting sure. bricks Oh, yeah. Yeah. I should be shitting myself here because I've only got, I think it's six for next year at the minute. But I'm almost thinking that is a godsend because I can't, to, to do everything justice, that to, for the patron to be the best that it can be, for Flashmaster to be as best as that can be, for my YouTube channel to become what I want it to become, not some sort of thing where half arse where I've got like one video every month. I want it to be regular every, weekly videos. Like I, you can't, you need time. Mm-hmm. Plus, on top of that, I love doing all that stuff. So what I find is, even if I've got no, you know, if I've got all my time being taken up with wedding and weddings and editing, I'm still wanting to do the YouTube stuff. So I'm almost like, you know, hurting myself by constantly working. So I want to get the back. But this year as well, I've, I've, I also know, I've, you know, I've, I've neglected life. You know, seeing friends going out, and and that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. So I want to get that right. So I'm going to keep the wedding pricing the same, but know that the majority of my income now, I say, is not from weddings. It's from it's from the other sources. Mm-hmm. So it takes the pressure off the wedding. So what I'd like to get to is rather than trying to think, I want to maximise how much I can make from weddings. I want to cherry pick the weddings a bit more. You know, I think actually that's a cool venue. I know I'm going to enjoy going there. Or oh, these sound really cool. Like this couple, we've got a really good rapport there. And equally have have sort of like the balls to think, you know what, that couple I spoke to, that I'm sure they're lovely, but uh, I don't know if I want that to be one of my 10 weddings because I don't think we vibe that well. Then have the ability to say no to them. You know what I mean? And Because and, to me, if I can get the best 10, 12 weddings I can, almost like, you know, not worrying too much about what they're paying, then the, the, I'm going to get a lot of satisfaction out of that. I'm going to get them my best work out of that. And that will then allow me sometimes even to, to, to that will then feed into what else I do as well. Like, you know, I talk about, as you said before, I talk about my weddings that I've shot, share the weddings in the Patreon. But I don't want to be sharing that if it's a wedding that I've, I've really not enjoyed. I want to say, this was a good mix. This was a good fit for me. And here's everything that I did there. So it all sort of needs to be right. Um, mm-hmm. I've also never been that. I know it's a question of, oh, you would say that, but I've never been that motivated by money as much. I've, my motivation is always, do I enjoy it? And if I, and that's one of the reasons I need to change from this year because there's been times when I've not enjoyed, for the very first time, weddings as much. And the only reason is that I'm shooting too many. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can have too much of a good thing. And I've been going to certain weddings feeling knackered. And it's like, this isn't good. This is not how it feels. Like, I know how it feels going to a wedding. And it's not this sometimes. So, you know, I think I've I've done a good job and I'm very happy what I've done this year, but I felt 
dare I say, burned out quite yeah. a bit this year. And it's hard isn't and, it? because and you're it's... sorry, I was interrupting there, but yeah, it's it's hard no, no, to mate, like. Um, like I say it's always that balance, and I think that's the key thing. Like most photographers, certainly anyone I speak to, or when I see in groups and stuff chatting, and like you know, all they really want is like, right, I want X number of weddings, and whether that's like say ten or fifty, whatever. Like you know that you, what, if yeah. if you know like this is my balance, this is all I'm doing, or I'm doing this other stuff, or I've got kids, or I've got whatever all this other stuff going on, you kind of know whatever you want. I want this amount of weddings of basically the perfect couples or as close to that as I can for my style at the right price point that obviously I know that it's the right couple at that price point kind of thing. And it's the the price point that gives me what I need to obviously to live or whatever your aspirations are. And that if that's to yeah. be like, say the most expensive wedding photographer in the world or whatever, then fine. And if that's to be, well, I know my couples won't, you know, the type of couples I want maybe won't spend more than two grand or whatever it is, you know, it's, that's the dream really almost, isn't it? And like say, you're obviously you love the education side and you can tell that that Patreon Facebook group is probably the most active Facebook group I'm, I'm in. It's great. Like it's oh, yeah, just constant amount. Everyone, down to me. That's down to yeah, and everyone comments on it. So help, like everyone's very nice on there. I don't think I've ever, I can't recall ever seeing like anything negative. Like really, everyone's even constructive crit. Like I know sometimes you'll get like obviously people on who are like members and do sort of gallery walkthroughs with them, and obviously they, yes. they accept that, yeah. and obviously they're doing it through choice. But it's that's so educational. But like you say, you're, you're obviously you are crit- you know critical on there in a constructive way, and it's really helpful and. But like, yeah, everything's just so active on there. And the patron, let's say, is I think it's interesting doing it live. Like, obviously, if you can't make it live, it's like, well, it's there. And there's a huge back catalogue. I've watched yeah. a couple yeah. of them, like David Stubbs one recently. And some of them, you know, which we recorded obviously oh, a long time amazing, ago. But yeah. yeah, I love his stuff. But there's stuff in there, like you say, you can go back and delve into, which is great. But the, I guess, like you say, that that whole like having it live gives people that opportunity to come in and have that community feel. Yeah. Cause a lot exactly. of patrons I'm in, are, they are obviously they're pre-recorded videos and they record them, put them out and some great content still in there and, and it's great. But yeah, like you say, having that live and I think the fact that you're based in the UK helps if you're a UK photographer, I guess, cause the timings work well for that and stuff. But, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but you can tell you love that. And to find that balance is, is obviously it's fantastic. Yeah, and you kind of know it yourself that you've not hit this year. So now you're addressing it for next year. I think that's, yeah, Good. I I hold yeah. I hold my hands up. This year, the balance has been wrong. You know, if I think back to pre pre pandemic times, I say I was doing maybe twenty five, thirty weddings at the most, plus my workshops, and that that was and and YouTube, but but that was and that was manageable. That gave I was happy with that. But now, you know, you add on, if I think this same the equivalent year twenty twenty two we're in, I will have shot an extra twenty weddings created Flashmasters, got the Patreon, which I know you know, like it's, it's for live streams plus extra content every month. It's like, no wonder, like, I, I'm, I'm struggling. Um, and I do hold my hands up. I'm not going to sit here and say that I've got it right. I've I, mm-hmm. I, I, not. Like, this year has been too hard, and I, I couldn't do this again because it's, it's not been healthy. And I say I felt burnt out, and I don't want to go to weddings feeling like I have done for certain weddings this year, uh, where it's been like... I, feel knackered like i feel mentally not awake if that makes sense and and you and and it's not fair it's not fair on on the couples to to do that it has so, to affect it has to affect the image a little bit doesn't it? i know like because uh, I, I myself were this year just because of the way postponements were were and like i'll sometimes shoot in random places like a lot of my stuff is is you know northeastern yorkshire i'm trying to keep it more so for next year purely because of the yeah. family and stuff but well that's the other thing i'm all know, over the in place as well. Yeah. I've been this year done London, Cornwall, South Wales, mm-hmm. uh, near Bristol, Dorset. You know, 
twice. Uh, oh no, quite a few times in the Lake District uh, in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. No, it's like it's a lot of travelling as well. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I did one in Guildford. I think it was five. It took me five and a half hours to get there. So it's pretty far from where I am, obviously here in Durham. And um, but yeah, I shot that on the Friday. And I always shoot till n- quite near the end as well. So like, I think Good I was, you, you know, I, I got there. So I was shooting, I don't know, I think it was there 15 hours or something. And then I drove three hours yeah. back up north, stayed at Premier Inn, had four hours sleep, had to get up to be back in Newcastle oh, the next day mate. to start bride prep. So it was an 11 o'clock ceremony. And it wow. just worked out that way. We can't say, obviously I would never have booked that in that, in that exactly. way. But like, it just worked out. Yeah. And the couple look yeah. the images, so it's great. But like, you know, deep down, I think probably... You know, would I have done a better job having a full night's sleep? Like, surely, like it's hard, I, I and, think... and maybe getting this in the flow of it, and it was fine. I just powered through, and I'm happy with what I produce, and the couple of it stuff. So it's not that's not necessarily an issue, but deep down, it's, it's it's just hard, isn't it? Like say, even and whether I have or whether I could have done better in job or not, I don't know. And it, obviously, I can't redo it and know, but it yeah. can't be good for that. And the driving's obviously dangerous. I feel as well late, so it's just yeah, oh, little yeah. things like that. It's yeah. just it just makes it. And like say now for next year, I've been more conscious of like where I'm taking bookings have i got any doubles if they're not really close by i'm just not and i I try not to do them in general anyway just because of those long days the way i shoot but um but yeah it's just that balance isn't it of everything and it's interesting but if anyone it's hard it is hard because this year like you just said it's not almost not been our choice has it like it's Mm -hmm. we've had weddings booked in and then all the postponements and and some of those postponements have fell on really tricky days like you Mm -hmm. said there like you know like one of my weddings for example was going to be in cheshire it got postponed they reorganised it for London. So, oh, that's that's good. That's cool. But mm-hmm. I had a wedding in Nottingham the day before, so that was going to Nottingham straight to London. I and it, it like it, it was. I wouldn't have booked that. No mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um. And it was. Yeah. But it's out of our control. Thankfully, that's passed now. But if anything, I always like to put a you know look at the bright side of things. I think it's it it can tell us what we don't want you know that's just as useful as knowing what we do want sometimes so the fact that we've been forced to sometimes like shoot weddings that maybe we wouldn't have taken had it been a fresh booking in 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 different places gives us that 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 uh, ability to understand what it's like to do that and i thought yeah it's not for me so you know it's given me a better idea of what i want my business to look like um and and i do know that and thankfully i'm uh, you know i'm i'm next year won't be the same mm-hmm. you know until i then start worrying for money and then I've got, you know, <laughs> that's the thing and i know i'll see it if, if someone's listening to this and they're just starting out and it, like i say it's like they're thinking oh it's a nice problem to have to be able to pick and choose weddings and stuff and it's not like you say a lot of those pandemic ones i just couldn't i couldn't say to them look oh, i can't shoot no. you postponement because i needed the money it's not like i could i just can't afford to refund you all or whatever and like it that's the position that was the you know the truth for me so it's just like anything like yes i'm next year i'm being more conscious of booking more close to home but it's not like you say I'm so snowed under bookings, I can just be like, oh, it's fine. I'll just, you know, I can turn all of them away and stuff. So I understand the people as well when you're first starting out. Sometimes you just say yes to everything and that can be of good course, just like to it. learn. Like you're saying, yeah. exactly the same. Just to learn actually, all right, now I know what I do want and don't want. Because, you know, you say to some photographers like, oh, who is your perfect couple? And we've mentioned it a few times there where it's like, that's the dream, you know, like I say, getting those perfect couples. But sometimes yeah. you don't even know who the perfect couple is for you until you've done a few don't. years of kind of like, say, shooting everything. Then you've kind of realized well, actually, this is more my style. These are the couples that uh, that kind of work for that style well for me and blah, blah, blah. And it it kind of feeds into each other, doesn't it? And you kind of get there, but sometimes it can take, you know, a good few years to kind of realize Oh, yeah. That so yeah it's like, you know, it, the whole thing is a learning experience and it's a constantly moving target as well because what we obviously want to shoot probably changes. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I, 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 I won't take now uh, probably a wedding in London. And I've done, I must have done 20 weddings in London over the years. 
and I always find it quite, I used to think, oh, it's really exciting. You know, I mean, like going to London, like uh, getting a hotel, it always felt like, especially if you're in the centre and you're seeing the sights, everything, it's like, oh, this is cool. Now I just see it as being, it's too faffy, too much stress. Like the parking, it's, it's just a nightmare. So, but but that's changed. I used to enjoy it, now I don't. So what I want to shoot changes yeah. as well. So it's a constantly moving target and, mm. it, and it's going to be different for everyone. Some people will thrive on the travel. You know, and I, I I like it, but not that much. Um, so you know, not as much as I used to. Like doing a wedding in Cornwall like a month ago. It's like, oh, that was going to be brilliant. You know, like a bit of a bit of a road trip, and it's like, no, that's actually a bit of a ball ache. <laughs> like driving down yeah. six, seven hours. Um, yeah, it's far, you know, isn't it? So yeah, things like that. It just changes. You everything you want to do changes. But I think as long as you're conscious of do, and you're doing what you want, and remember, money isn't the be all and end all. So I think I the people I admire the most are those people who have it, have their shit sorted in terms of the lifestyle. And you know, this can give us the best life in the world. Really, you know that you can. If you if you think what we get paid as well, like sometimes people judge how good a photographer is based on what they're charging, and almost like think if you're charging. You know, in the UK, say a thousand pounds, you mustn't be very good. But there's people out there who might just be doing this for a lifestyle choice and love that, and they could they're cherry picking the weddings they want for that. one. I think hats off to you if that's the case. Mm. Um, if you're like, uh, you, you know, know I, I've got mates who, like, say maybe you know aren't char- they're not charging loads in terms of, like they could probably charge more for the skill level to be fair, yeah. and people tell them that, but they're kind of happy with what they're getting at that price point, and they you know they just go out in the van and they surf all the time and they just have a very like I say it's just a chilled life almost, and that for oh, them is, yeah, is the dream that. for them, and they're. You know, they just they don't overshoot. They shoot what they want to shoot. They make enough to live off. They're not bothered about you know, like you say, just all about the money and and yeah, it's like they you know, obviously, it's like anything isn't. You speak to someone, everything's got pros and cons. But yeah, you know, they seem to be living the dream in that sense, and you know, they seem very happy and and sort of chilled and stuff. So it has to work for you, doesn't it? And that's the thing, like. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you said to me now, do you want to go back to your old job in the office, which I didn't dislike, by the way, Mm -hmm. like, and you can earn four times as much you're earning now I, honestly hand on heart not a chance I, I, I like my life too much now so and I, and I know what I want if I can get this right the balance right for next year say 10-12 weddings uh, Patreon Flashmasters workshops and then maybe what the other thing I want to do is maybe go away three four times to different cities around Europe with a model spend two three days there shooting for content that uh, what more could I? That, that's that's it then. I, yeah. I think I've, that I've sort of like got to the point I want to get to with the balance being right. It takes a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. Other people's balance is shooting thirty weddings a year. Others might be shooting eighty weddings a year. Whatever feels right for you, but don't be swayed by what you feel other people think is good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I always think. Just do whatever feels right for you, and then get once you get your balance right, you know, you're laughing. Yeah. No, amazing. I think that's that's a great point to uh, to finish that bit on. So I want to talk just, just before we finish and go into a bit of members only content. Um, I want to talk cool. just a bit about Flashmasters. I know, obviously, PKR is strong on the documentary side, but there's a lot of members who shoot in a similar way to you, where, like, I say, there's a strong documentary feel, but they're also big on the portraits, big on the even just the flash work in general. So I'd love to talk a bit, just a little bit about Flashmasters. Like, what is it? What's the kind of you know vision for it? Thank you. Yeah, well, so Flashmasters is something that myself, my partner Helen Williams, who you may be aware, she's also a wedding photographer, mm-hmm. came up with earlier this year. We 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 were having a chat, um, and we were talking actually at uh, at Doc Day, mm-hmm. which you know if you might be familiar with, yeah, so yeah, a documentary yeah. day, 
and we were chatting there just about awards and entering things and we both said like we don't really enter any awards anymore and one of the reasons for that was because the style of photography that we'd like to do i said before like then we like to show to the world like the off-camera flash stuff wasn't really we felt being recognized off by by the main award bodies there's lots of good awards out there and we all will know who they are like you know like who and you think oh if we win one of them that's amazing and it is but if you look through what tends to win it tends to be very very documentary driven which is cool you know i say that's what the majority of what both will shoot but that wasn't what we tend to show online and what we're trying to mm -hmm. you know the, the, the images that we're really trying to craft and think of before the day itself and then make happen on the day weren't really being recognized so it was like Oh, I wonder if we could do something. There, there, there were awards out there that that did recognise those, and you could win them. But those awards were not transparent. We probably know who they, they are. No one knows who owns them, who runs them, what the judging process are, who the judges is. It's almost like someone just got a roulette wheel and just spun it, and that's who wins. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we wanted to. Thought, I wonder if there is scope for making. Initially, it's going to be like an awards, which is specifically for Flash which did have transparency and honesty and would be hard to win. You know, like they're trying to recreate some of the other awards that were more documentary focused, but for Flash. So we started, we, we didn't do much about it straight away. We sort of sat on it for a while and then sort of thinking, oh, that, that idea, you know, like it is, there's, there's legs in it. So we then um, thought, Let, let's try and get, get the show on the road and started to talk about it more. And I remember one day we were talking about it and it, it just became a massive thing like within a few hours of talking about it. Like, okay, if we're going to do this, I don't, awards are, are, are great, but we want it to be more than that. So then it started thinking, well, that the community aspect of the Patreon, can that be replicated on a bigger scale? Um, I don't know if that ever can be, um, but like thinking the community aspect, we want to be part of Flash Massive as well. So for the downside of awards, if you're creating something that is, purely awards is something that i hate and i think it exists a lot in the industry and it and it does my head in and that's ego if it was purely about awards and nothing more ego can come to the forefront of it and i and i that's the the absolute anti education i think so like if we want it to be about community then we want it it needs the community needs to be an over more of an overriding thing than even the awards um but also the education side, which you know is exactly what you're you're doing as well, which is so cool. Thinking right, okay, flash is 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 something that a lot of people are scared of, and we want it to be like a more of an all-encompassing thing. So if you think, oh, I'm not sure, I'm I, I like the idea of flash masters, but my work's not good enough. I can't enter those awards. It's not going to then. There's a barrier to entry. But if we say, ah, oh, yeah, but if you want to join, then look at all this educate. We're going to teach you how the best photographs are made and created and share that with you. So even if you don't feel like you, you, your images are there to be entered yet, then you can find out how to at least start you on the road of creating those images, then we can offer that as well. So we then almost like within a few conversations thought, okay, Flashmasters now, we don't want it just to be about awards, it's awards, community and education. And whenever somebody says that what it is, I, we also say those three words and awards is never the first one. We put education first and then hope that people, you know, see the, the awards a bit like, be a bit like I said before my, with my work, like the off color flash shots is, is the cherry on the cake of my portfolio. I want that to be the same with Flashmasters with the awards. People 
want to join for the community and for the education. But oh, there's also awards that we enter as well. So it's become sort of like a, a different thing that it was at the beginning. And um, yeah, so we, we then had that concept and then that grew from there again in terms of thinking, well, we're, you know, that we've got me and Helen, but like we want this to be a big, if we're going to do this, we want to put, we want to really go for it and make it become like a really big recognized brand. So we can't do that on our own. You know, like we're, we're not well known enough or anything like that. So we then started to approach other photographers who were like experts at off camera flash and flash. Um, to, to be ambassadors and um, and we've got some amazing names like from the US, from Australia, from New Zealand, from Europe, who are now on board with Flashmasters. We, we say in our team, they're, they're basically our ambassadors um, and um, they're, they're sort of shouting about us as well, which is great. So it's not, and we've been very conscious, we don't want Flashmasters to be the Neil and Helen show. We want to be under, driving the car, if you like, mm-hmm. But the ambassadors, we want to make more of the star of the show and then the content as well. And and the education content is going to be in the form of like interviews. Um, and a bit like you, you're, you're doing here, like we, we have a, a YouTube channel where we're doing uh, interviews about how uh, our ambassadors initially created some of their favorite photographs. And half of those images are available on the YouTube channel, but the other half, like the full length versions are going to be in the community. So just for the members. So we would that'll be some of the content there. Um, what's great about the website is when people win awards, an email will automatically be sent out to them to say, can you please upload a behind the scenes or a description of how you created that image? So we can then share that with the community as well. So in an ideal world, what we want is for every award with an image to have an accompanying behind the scenes so that people can learn, you know, and they think, oh, I have no idea how that was crazy. And that's what I love about off-cover flash images. Like you can look at someone and think, how have they done that? And we can show you behind the curtain. So that's the education side. And then we're hoping that the community will, will grow organically through through the Facebook group initially, through us doing live streams in that Facebook group with members. So we when, when people start to win awards, and our first round is out in, in as the time record, a week today. So at that point, we'll have award winners. So we can start to invite those onto live streams and stuff and ask them about you know, their businesses, how they create their, their images. Um, and stuff like that and we, we've we've also got a podcast which would would designed to be just me and helen talking very informal like just chatting trying to make it sort of us very accessible through that but also not technical so we we, we want the podcast with something you can just put on and listen to without having to overthink um whereas the youtube videos are much more like what flash power did you use what was your lens here you know it's more technical the, the podcast is just a bit more like us just having a chat about any old nonsense, basically. So in in the hope that that sort of inspires people to see that this is a friendly place. Um, so that that's it. And why we decided to do it in the middle of our both of our busiest ever summer, I don't know, because it's if anybody's thinking about doing anything similar, go for it, but do not do it in a busy wedding season because it's crazy it's been absolute madness um trying to create this because you know like creating a website we, we've got a great agency who have, we've been working with but there's so many meetings we've had with them that you know they're always asking questions which is good we want that but that takes up so much time um meet you know organizing all the ambassadors having zooms with every single one we've got we've been very lucky to have lots of really cool sponsors as well um having zooms with every one of them and then having dialogue with all them whilst you're and it's been difficult we've been literally days in the summer where it's been right okay my our day today is get up 
sometimes like crazier because we've been speaking to people like like we have an ambassador in Australia, we've got one in New Zealand. They're they, you know they're in a complete different time zone. Mm-hmm. So to speak to them, we're having meetings at one in the morning. Then wake then the next day might be having like an inquiry meeting. You might be having a pre-wedding meeting with a, with one with a couple who are getting married next weekend. Straight off from that, it's a it's a meeting with the web design agency, and it's it's all these different hats. It's so difficult. And then then you're doing your wedding editing. Then we've got a live stream in the Patreon that night, and it's been so hard going from who like who am I? Like, <laughs> am I a wedding photographer? Am I running Flashmasters? Am I doing the Patreon? Like, it's it's been crazy, but it's been worth it. And now it's up and running. And yeah, we just can't wait now to get those first award winners out there. And that's when it's going to really take off, I think. And we can start to sort of say, look at what people are producing. Um, and we can start to interview those people and get that content out there. So it's very exciting. And we're very, very pleased with it. It's just, it's just been a stupid thing to do in the middle of summer. Yeah. But, it's like, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like I say, even me, so taking over PCAR, that a lot of that, the, the structure's already there, obviously, and the website was there. And obviously, Andy's done a lot of hard work on getting us, you know, some sponsors on board and stuff in the past. A lot of that's like I've inherited, which is has saved me that hassle of having to do it initially, which is good. And the, like I say, even just the awards, because, you, you know, people think like, oh, yeah, this is how I enter. But like I say, just getting, this is how you enter. And then this is how we get those images to the judges. And this is how the judging works. Yeah, exactly. And like, then yeah. this is how we do And like, even... You know, and then oh, I've got to like, I've got like Excel sheets all over the shop with like pull this judge's <laughs> yeah. winning numbers in and these, and then they cross match and change to different colours depending to, on how many. I and, to send me those. Yeah. Really do something similar. It's so yeah, it's so manual to start with, and then you kind of figure out things, don't you? But like, there is, it's funny, isn't it? Obviously, we're recording this now for like, so we're in October now. So this is like in the morning, isn't it? But so like, I'm recording this, then I've got yeah a call with one of our partners, like sponsor for PKR Udio. Um, who I know you had on oh, recently cool, on the Patreon. So yeah, so I'm yeah, speaking with yeah. those guys later, and so, yeah, suddenly it just be- becomes like say it just takes over a lot of your time, doesn't it? But um, it does. Like you say, and it's just interesting. It's really interesting, I and I love it. But but yeah, it's it is time consuming. Yeah, I, I think we were very naive. Naive. I say we wouldn't change a single thing, and we are so proud, and it's all been worth it. But um, yeah, it, it's been an awful lot of work, and and, and it'll be the same for you. Because even if like a lot of it might have been already set up for you, you'll still want to mold it into your own your own thing. So like if a manager takes mm-hmm. over a football club, like it's all in place, but they're going to try and implement new things. So you know you, you you'll still go through much of the same, and it is a lot of work, but it will be worth it. I think when you you know it'll be the same for you. When when we start to see people getting excited that they've won something, um, and also people getting value out of learning new things then you start thinking, you know what, it, it is good um, because you get such a buzz from that. Um, and that's one, you know, as I said before, with the, with, I've always enjoyed in the workshops. Like I love seeing that people have learned something and that they've taken something because I feel like justified then, like it's, you know, that work I've put in is, is, is worth it, you know, and, um, and they're, they, you know, oftentimes they're, they're paying. That's not, you know, not going to, pretend that like you know that that, the flash mass isn't free so when people pay for something there's a massive amount of expectation and pressure that you put on yourself especially when we've got these ambassadors you know some of these ambassadors like i look at i think my god like these are ambassadors for all these different companies as well they've won god knows how many awards you know speak at wppi like it's like oh god like i've been really nervous speaking to these people (laughs) and then they're associating themselves with flash masters so we can't be shit. You know, we've got to make this good because <laughs> yeah. their name is attached to it. So there's a huge amount of expectation when people pay for something to give them the value that they deserve. 
and and that weighs heavy on you. So yeah, it's a lot of hard work, but it is also worth it. Um, yeah. and, and and just like with flashbacks, I can't wait to see where you take this as well. Like it's going to be, you know, the effort I know you're putting in. It's going to be amazing. And you, you'll sit back in a year's time and think, I'm really pleased I did all that. Yeah. Thank, well, thanks for saying that. Yeah. It's, it is, like I say, it's just a lot of fun, isn't it? You just become like addicted almost to it. So it's just that striking that balance. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, just, yeah, it's impressive that you've obviously got everything up and running. The launch, you know, looked like it went really, really well. And so, yeah, just obviously good luck with everything with that going Thank forward. You. It's going to yeah, be amazing. No, I really appreciate that. Um, I'll put obviously the links to Flashmasters in the, in the description. Um, obviously, I'll be posting out about it on the PKI group when this podcast goes out anyway. So if anyone Thank is interested you. in that, go nice. and check it out. Uh, I, I've, I think I've already mentioned it before, but I highly recommend Neil's Patreon. Um, you know, it's not that much money when you look at it for the, like the community is fantastic. There's so much content already on there, live streams all the time. And yeah, not just obviously flash bases, like a lot of just information, no, so no, much no, business no. stuff, so many documentary stuff on there. The walk gallery walkthroughs are incredible. Um, so yeah, just, just a lot of content. Oh, so you. I, I think it's fantastic value. So yeah, just going, I'll put links for that as well. Um, where else can people find out about you, Neil? Anywhere else you want people to go? Uh, the I say the, the, the other place that I obviously, uh, I mean, my website is neilreffin.com. Is, is it right to say I'm not updated the website in any way? <laughs> yeah, I think I said on the last <laughs> podcast, I'm the same. It's like, it just yeah, yeah, that, that was at the top of my list once. It's like, blog this wedding, blog that wedding. They've just slowly crept down my list as like, yeah, so yeah, oh, it definitely no, it's needs exactly to be in. But. Same. I had to take off, this is a really bad thing to admit, I had to take dates off all my blogs. Uh, about six months ago because it looked bad to look at my latest blog post being pre-pandemic and then i didn't i purposely didn't blog too much during the pandemic because there, there are certain shots i thought can i share that one are people gonna get into trouble because they might have been hugging and you know that sort of thing so mm -hmm. I, I got into the habit of not blogging then and then i've just never picked it up again so even when you said there where can people find you my goal to was to say search my name on youtube i thought no, no you've got a website but i feel like yeah don't, don't go to the website it's, yeah it's, it's well, your youtube um, is great yeah. yeah i'll definitely link to that um but yeah perfect so yeah anyone that wants to find out about neil just yeah check out all the links below um thank you so much neil we've gone on a bit there but i hope like i think oh, it's some really great pleasure. content i really, so really appreciate it um but yeah so yeah please just yeah go and check out neil um if you are a member, we're just going to obviously do a little bit more chat, deal, delve into a bit of marketing, a bit more business stuff, um, just for a little bit. So please listen to that full, um, the full version if you are a member. But yeah, thanks so much, Neil. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Scott. Thanks for listening to the podcast show. We hope that you did on top and go. Oh, halfway through the episode. We hope that you'll join us next time. That would be mighty fine. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.